Welcome to the show, Adam. Uh, excited to chat with you today. Um, how many uh, Postgres extensions have you authored in 2023? <laughs> oh, uh, at least two. Um, I think at least two. Well, in 20, early 2023, you know, I was just like getting started and trying to figure out how to write one. And I know I wrote like a handful of them that um, didn't really do anything. I think I just like. I think the first one was just put like a, a rest server inside an extension and see what happens oh and yeah to like kind of didn't didn't work very well um yeah <laughs> i remember that i think i made like a prometheus exporter and then like recently there were two ones that are kind of more useful yeah that's great. Well, so uh, you know, obviously we know each other. We both worked with worked together at Tembo. Um, so I mean, I, I I could ask you questions as if I don't already know the answers, but um, since I do, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say like, you know, getting into Postgres though. Uh, joining Tembo wasn't your first touch of Postgres. Like how how what, do you remember starting with Postgres? Like I can't really quite remember when I started, but can you remember when you did? Uh well, I th the first time I heard of Postgres, I'm pretty sure it was like in undergrad, like database management systems class. Uh -huh. And it was like, you know, there's Oracle, there's these like companies around it. And then there's open source stuff, Postgres QL, you know, and I remember thinking like, oh, that's weird. And I probably Googled it and saw the elephant. Um, and then I know I like started using it uh, in undergrad. I was doing some like scientific computing stuff and I just needed somewhere to, I didn't want to just like keep writing to CSVs. I wanted to put it somewhere that was easier to like search yep. and I just used Postgres for it. Didn't really know what I was doing. It was just like dump it into this database. Nice. Nice. And then, uh, as far as like hacking Postgres, that, that, that just started recently or did, did you, have you messed with, um, you know, the internals of Postgres prior to this year? Definitely not prior to this year. You know, I was mostly focused on yeah. the application layer, building stuff on top of Postgres. This year, you know, still still getting deeper into the internals of Postgres. Um, hadn't, you know, like uh, I had installed some extensions before, before this year. Yeah. Definitely didn't <laughs> even think about like, how do you write, build an extension but it's pretty easy to build them. So that's very recent for me. It's pretty easy to build them, right? Would you Would you say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, shallow a shallow uh, one if is you, easy. If you can If you can learn Rust, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it's it's a challenge. I think it's hard. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of kidding. <laughs> one, and then there's there's like a learning curve, and then once you get over a curve, you can kind of get moving with it faster. You um. So, so maybe let's, let's talk about the extensions that you're, um, I guess, uh, most, most proud of or, or have the most traction so far. Um, what, what are those? Uh, PGMQ, I think has the most traction, uh, it's message queue extension. Um, it's a lot like SQS, Amazon's simple queue service or Redis simple message queue, except on Postgres, um, we well, we wrote it for for Tembo to help run our cloud. We needed a message queue between control plane and data plane, so we we wrote it for that. Um, and then just in the last couple months, we started 
kind of talking about it in in the community and like after we wrote a blog about it uh we've had a few people from the community that didn't know before who are now like consistently contributing to the project so pgmq is definitely the one that i think has yeah most traction lately yeah yeah um and um yeah, and I think um, you're you're also working on uh, uh, well, you kind of have a stack of them, right? Because like the other your your other your other extension relies on PGMQ, true? PG later, is, is it true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, oh yeah, does, is it is it a, yeah? Okay, yeah, PG later. Um, so that's that's another extension that that uh, you know lets you submit a query to Postgres and then forget about it and come back later and see the results from that query. And that's built on top of, of PGMQ. Yep. So it's like stack of, of extensions. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and now you have the, uh, <laughs> I guess you're in the position now to be the extension mentor for others in the company who may, may be building, uh, extensions. I, I know I just hired a co-op who's working on a on one and uh i imagine you're you're uh mentoring him to some degree yeah jay talking about jay yeah jay <laughs> yeah talking about yeah jay. jay's great <laughs> hey jay jay if you're listening <laughs> uh yes. yeah jay's been working on the the another, another extension written in rust uh clerk fdw so it's a foreign data wrapper around clerk which is like our identity provider we just want to be able to build this data warehouse that has our users and their organizations and have have that data persisted in our data warehouse. So we built, um, well, Jay is building that foreign data wrapper around around Clerk, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We probably should give a shout out to Superbase for the wrappers project that we're using um, to, to to build that with. Um, sounds like it's it's been a, a pretty pretty nice experience. Um, uh, Jay's a co-op that just joined like last week, <laughs> and so yeah, already already being very productive. So I'm excited. I think that there's a the chat the possibility of a you know a, an explosion of new uh, uh, extensions for Postgres now that PGRX uh, you know allows us to use Rust. You agree with yeah. that? Yeah, it's kind of it. It's pretty powerful because you know like take this clerk FDW that. Uh, extension that Jay's building um, like we can bootstrap the software together the same way as you know you might do outside of Postgres but we don't have to like spin up another resource somewhere manage a pod or another VM can package it up into an extension um, use Superbase wrapper so that's a like software that's already built it's tested we don't have to like reinvent the yeah. wheel on that we write the extension in Rust. So we pull in Rust libraries that are already built, already tested. You know, then we write our own tests on top of these things and then package it into our extension and then deploy it as part of the database. And then we can, you know, kind of just like monitor the data there and not have to manage like another another yeah. service that, yep. that could crash. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, so uh, I was going to change a little bit to um um you know you've you've uh, also been using a lot of other people's extensions again probably a lot more since joining tembo than before but like what what are some of your um 
I don't know, favorite extensions that you've been exposed to? Uh, yeah. Uh, and you said PG Cron a few different places. Um, there's a, another extension that I'm working on. Uh, it's like really early, but it's kind of wrapping up kind of some of the stuff that like Langchain does in Python, but wrapping it up into an extension. Um, some like pulled, pulling in PG vector into that, pulling in PG cron, pulls in PG MQ and Postgres ML as well. So it's like the, you know, a bootstrapped extension. Um, so all, all of those are, are pretty good. P Postgres ML, yeah. PG cron, PG vector, uh, you know, and they all have pretty good docs so you can get up and running with them quickly and kind of figure out what you need to do. Yeah. So have you, have you found that you had to, you've had to study the internals of Postgres much as part of the process of, um, um, building these extensions? You know, not, not really too much. Only, only when like, um, I'm having trouble like getting it up and running for the first time. Do I need to like really look at Postgres? But a lot of these extensions don't, um, they're, they're not, uh, they're not like touching with like hooks into and replacing core functionality of Postgres. They're extending right. things. So like a lot of what Postgres ML does is just give you like functions that go off and make rest calls or download data from elsewhere in the internet and put it in your database for you. Uh, give you, give you access to some pre-trained machine learning models. Um, you know, and it's not changing fundamentally how Postgres runs. It's still like the the normal Postgres. It's kind of like a layer on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think some extensions can, can do surgery and some are just, you know, laying on top of and, and not messing with the core functionality. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an area, I, you know, I'm kind of new with, with that. So I haven't gotten super deep into replacing core functionality of Postgres quite yet. Um, but soon we'll probably start working in that space a little bit more. What's the, what's like the testing story? Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a dev that likes to write TDD test driven development, are you, are you able to do that with extensions is the, in particular, I guess with PGRX, how's, what's the test driven story there look like? PGRX is, I think is pretty good. Um, you know, they have a way for you to, to say like, um, well, to, to unit test or integration test for the extension that you're writing. So you can say like, um, you know, like, uh, execute some queries, uh, and then make assertions on the outputs of, of those queries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of like have, um, normal assertions that you would do and what, whatever language that you're, you're testing. Um, you know, PGRX has some tooling around like, oh, I want to spin up Postgres 15, 15.3, spin up a new environment for that, mm -hmm. install your extension into it and then run your test suite on it. Um, yeah, I guess it, it can get a little bit trickier, I think, could be because depending on how complex the extension is, you could have system dependencies, um, like, like, oh, I need a, a specific uh, version of GCC or, or something, 
or open SSL version something has to be installed. Um, you know, I haven't really quite found a good way to test all of those things to make it like super, yeah, super portable to say like, yep, all these tests pass. And that means my extension is just the test, good for everybody. Are the tests running on your local machine or, or, in a, or in like a Docker? I mean, I know they're running on your local machine, but in a Docker container or just, you know, natively? Uh, you could do, you could do both, I guess, kind of like oh, my okay. workflow for it, yeah. I guess. Right. Um, I, I would do like, you know, run the test locally and then, um, like have the extension in a GitHub repo and have a, a CI pipeline that runs the same tests, but like in Docker or within a, a GitHub workflow to be like, Hey, before you merge this, you need okay. to pass all these, these tests. Nice kind of gate yourself a little bit that's great um well cool so uh i was gonna ask uh you know as far as uh your your background prior to tembo you were you were doing uh little ml engineering too did you did you use postgres much in that role i mean i guess the question is did you use anything any of the special parts of postgres or was it really just like a <clears throat> standard transactional store with with uh, little knowledge of the extension ecosystem Nothing, nothing too crazy. I've always like tried yeah. to do a queue on Postgres, so be like, <laughs> yeah. build up this giant queue of things that a machine learning model needs to like make predictions on, or um, make a bunch of different predictions, dump them into a queue, and then have another process look at all these predictions and pick the best one before giving it back to the user. Um, but a lot of like OLTP, like high transaction workloads in kind of machine learning space. Yeah. So, you know, you said you, you've been trying to build queues, you know, historically, um, you know, a lot of times in bigger companies, there are blessed tools for various tasks. For example, you know, use Redis if you want to build a queue or use Snowflake if you want to build a data warehouse. Um, I don't even know that these things are like were officially um, declared by any sort of powers that be, it's more like the sales reps at those companies decided that this company is going to be a Salesforce company or a, I mean, a, a snowflake company, right? Um, you know, it, it's kind of a slow boil that you suddenly realize, oh, I guess we have Kafka now. I guess we're a Kafka shop and it starts with a POC and then ends up, you have all these tools, you know, we call it the modern data stack, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, how, how you're, your take on on that and in particular around the you know could start with the queue since you just implemented it in postgres uh, and probably had to use other tools in the past yeah um you know like um a couple of places that that i've worked at it's like hey we need to pass messages messages between two services and you know any any engineer will be like all right well it's good we're going to evaluate what we have here we want to try to do things like oh let's let's keep things simple not make things too complex and then depending on the size of the organization it'll be like well we use kafka for messaging so use kafka and so it's like okay so you know i make progress it's a lot of times it's better to just not fight that and just be like we want to make progress we just need our application to work it's not like kafka wouldn't work for this but it's definitely overkill for a lot of situations so then it's like okay we're gonna build yeah. this in kafka and um 
like maybe the rest of the application is in Postgres, but this message piece of it, we're going to put it in Kafka. And from the application perspective, like it, it's kind of no, no difference. Um, you know, like I said, like it's an overkill tool for a lot of use cases, but then when, like, when things start to go wrong and need to troubleshoot it, and it's like, okay, now we have to bring in the Kafka expert. And if it's a, a big company, it's probably a handful of people who are on this Kafka team and they got a lot of other stuff going on. So it's like, what do you have to do? You have to learn Kafka. Yeah. And you're a, you're a small use case, right? Yep. You're like a small, unimportant use case. And so, yeah, you, you can't get their attention. Um, you, you kind of you kind of accepted the fact that okay I can learn it's kind of fun to learn new technologies and try new things out right that's the day zero like uh, joy of learning something new but then yeah now all of a sudden you've got to support it right yeah <laughs> you support what you make a lot of yeah it yeah I mean it yeah and uh, it was kind of you got, you got judoed into that <laughs> I mean like in my career like it was fun to learn Kafka and there's some things I really like about it. Uh, but then like at the same time, it, it's a very complex tool and it, it does take a team to run and manage yep. it. Same with like RabbitMQ. It's not, um, if you're going to do those things, like you need, you need some people dedicated to making sure that, that they're functioning yeah. the way you expect yeah. it to. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, kind of leads into one of our core, um, you know, missions at, uh, at the company which you're leading <laughs> at Tembo, which is our stacks, I guess it probably would would make sense for you to say a few words on on what we're trying to accomplish with stacks at the company. Yeah, so stacks are um, our workload optimized Postgres clusters. So there we have the message queue stack is is one that we have, and our goal with that is. To, if you need to run a message queue, right, we want this to be the best, the most optimized way to do a message queue on Postgres. Of course, there'll be a, there'll be a point in time when it's like, hey, you know, your use case has grown so so big that maybe that stack's not, you know, gonna gonna fit you. But it'll be that stack will be to the very edge of what Postgres can do for that lo- workload. Yeah, we're we're taking that same approach with our OLAP stack that we're building right now. Uh, we have an OLTP stack. There's a machine learning stack. So each one of these stacks is if, you know, do it on Postgres and we're going to make it be the best possible, you know, squeeze every last piece of juice out of Postgres that we possibly can for that workload. Yeah. And you're, you're curating extensions, uh, for each stack. Now, what else are you doing besides that? Yeah, extensions are a big piece. Um, a lot of that has to do with like there, there are certain types of developer experience that that we think people want around workloads, um, and then there's the the Postgres configuration itself. So like, what should shared buffers be, or how many parallel worker processes, and um, how should the auto vacuum vacuumer be tuned for for that workload. Um, that that's a whole class of things that are unique to to every stack. Um, of course, there's like a user interface component of every stack as well. So, the if you want to come up and to look and see and, and like observe the stack, uh, there'll be user interface metrics are you know kind of really tightly related to to the UI. So, like 
there's different met uh, metrics for for every stack as well. Like um, some of them are, are going to be the same across stacks, but for example, current number of messages in a queue. Yeah, that's like a metric that you can monitor. You can write alerts around that metric, and it's mostly unique to the message queue workload. Yeah, yeah, and if it's competing, if the if if a uh... The message queue stack is competing against a, a, a commercial queue a product. Um, they probably have some sort of visualization of the state of each queue, right? And so, uh, a Postgres-backed um, queue ought to have that same UI, that same monitoring, uh, you know, tailored monitoring system. And and so that's that's uh, it makes it you know I don't know what how many how many times harder versus just configuration and curating some extensions, but um, I think it's all worth it to the user um, to be able to really defend their choice to use Postgres for this use case against um, uh, one of the modern data stack um, alternatives, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, I think something something really, you know, useful that I, that I like about having stacks in these having Postgres aligned to specific workloads, you know, it's the complexity of an overall application can really come down a lot by running everything on Postgres. You could still have separate Postgres clusters for workloads, you know, like a certain set of CPU and memory dedicated to, you know, um, mission critical process A and a separate one for, you know, this other mission critical process. Um, but still, like when it comes to troubleshooting these things, it's you're troubleshooting Postgres, and it's not like, hey, I have to switch and be like, okay, now I'm troubleshooting Kafka or jumping to Redis or jumping to Mongo or Snowflake. It's it's still like the the context switching. I think for the developers is like big time minimized when it's still the same underlying data store between all the different workloads, same technology. Yeah, and we have this this vision of potentially having some like built-in stack connectivity, right? Where um, these databases, if they're all kind of sitting back to back to back, um, so you have five different stacks, um, they could they could and should be able to communicate really well with each other, and and you should be able to write queries across them um, in the same way that you know like Citus allows you to write queries across. Uh, an array of Postgres clusters, um, you know, very efficiently. You should be able to do the same same thing here uh, and 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 pull data from multiple stacks uh, with uh, with a with a very uh, nice uh, user experience. Again, without having to move data around. Without, so that's one of the exciting things for me as a former Airflow, uh, <laughs> you know, company um, uh, founder. Uh, you know, it, all these data pipelines are, are very painful between um, modern data stack companies. And one of the things I'm excited about is the possibility that we can give developers the uh, the option to not have to create all those pipelines. Yeah, um, that's I'm really excited to work on that uh, <laughs> that problem when when we start start doing that. But that'll be, I think, a, a really big differentiator to say like I have ten specific like ten different machines running Postgres and I have like a single pane of view across all of them. Um, I think it's definitely doable. Yeah. Doable. It'll be challenging. Um, yeah. But yep. yeah. And it, it's a dream. It's a dream. That we're chasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
Well, good. Well, I, I think it was great uh, chatting with you, Adam. I'm sure we'll have you on the show again. I know that, uh, you, again, you've got a lot more uh, extensions coming and uh, appreciate, you know, uh, the work you've done for the community so far. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, your future work and talking about it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Ryan.